0: Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter. It's Jeremiah, the first chapter, and when you have it, please stand for the reading of God's word. Jeremiah, one of the major prophets right after the book of Isaiah and uh, right before Lamentations, Old Testament. <clears throat> Chapter 1, verse 5 reads as follows Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God's word for God's people, and God's people said, "Amen." Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> there is a uh, a film that came out in 1993. It was called It was called Six Degrees of Separation, and it was based on a play of the same name. It was starring Will Smith, and in this movie, Will Smith pretends to be a con man. And he tells this affluent family that uh, he is the son of the actor Sidney Poitier and that he goes to private school with this affluent family's kids. Now, Paul, running this con, he gets money from them. He gets them to put him up for the night. He gets all kind of favors. They're looking to him for his input on different things. And he convinces them that he is someone he is not. Paul is actually a homeless con man. And he cons these affluent families out of their money by pretending to know them. The family that he cons in the movie, they end up going to a party and they meet people that they don't know. And they all have something in common because they all went to they've all either heard of this con or they've been conned by this person. Uh, The phrase six degrees of separation is the idea that everyone is six or fewer steps away from knowing somebody just by introduction. You can know anybody else in the world by you knowing somebody who knows somebody. The, the, so if you know somebody who knows somebody, you are six steps away from knowing or fewer uh, somebody in the world. I remember going to um, I would go to the mall with my mother. And she would be willing to bet that no matter what mall we went to, no matter what day it was on, no matter what time it was on, we were going to run into somebody that she knew. And learning over the years, my mother was uh, very connected. She knew somebody or if she didn't know somebody, she knew somebody who knew somebody so that she was going to get to it. And she would often say, you know, it's six degrees of separation for some people, but I bet it's two For me. So I can go through and I know somebody. Uh, There's a there's also this game that I've heard particularly naval military officers play Uh, whenever certain officers met a high ranking officer. Apparently they made coins. Uh, for a certain general or a brigadier general or a colonel. They would have these coins that they met, and they used to play the game like if you were a lieutenant and you were hanging out with lieutenants and going to a bar or a restaurant, they would play this game about who could pull out the biggest coin. And whoever had the highest-ranking officer's coin did not have to pay for the meal or did not have to pay for the tab because they knew the highest-ranking person in the Navy. And so they met, they would meet these officers and they would get their coins and then they would keep it. And the the winner didn't have to pay for the meal. So because they knew somebody, they got a free meal. Uh, I have a background in audio video production. So I know quite a few sound engineers and cameramen and uh, directors and editors And one of the perks of being in audio and video production is it's very, very rare that I will pay to see a concert. I usually know the engineer or the person that put up the sound system or some of the people on the camera. And I can just walk in through the back. I'm not taking up anybody's seat. I will grab a seat in the sound booth or in a video control room and I will enjoy the concert and kick it with my friends and colleagues because I know somebody. I have a, another friend of mine who plays drums who does something of the same thing. He usually knows somebody in the band. And when he knows somebody in the band, he'll just grab a snare bag and a stick and go in right with them. There are benefits to knowing somebody. Knowing somebody has benefits, and that's what I wanna talk about because I know. Somebody, we uh join the prophet Jeremiah right before he begins this spectacular journey, right before he begins to uh make a name for himself, so to speak. And Jeremiah discovered that he knew somebody and went on to do great things for God, despite what people might have thought about this child of God, he went to make. Waves for the Lord. Uh, theologians cre- uh, credit Jeremiah with uh, solidifying in the book of Jeremiah that we need to make a personal relationship with God. You know, That's why it says, I know the plans I have towards you. And before you were in the room, I knew you. A lot of times there were a lot of prophets out there during his time talking about go through the prophet. But he was talking about go directly to God. But and he did not get received very well. He was often run out of town and beat a lot of places and it was not good. But here today in 2013, you hear a whole lot of pastors talking about developing your own personal relationship with God and using the phrase that you can't make it on your mama's coattail. You got to be able to make your own relationship with God. And that's that Jeremiah type doctrine that is going on. A little bit of background on. Jeremiah, he was an ancestor of exile. The city he was from was not really a good city to be from. He uh, was from a city called Anathoth. And that's uh, north of Jerusalem and south of Bethel. It's called a city of refuge. Mm -hmm. But one thing that Anathoth Anathoth is known for is also being a city of exile. Uh, Back when Solomon was about to become king and David was on his deathbed, uh, Solomon's brother, Adonijah, decided that he wanted to make a play for the kingdom. And so he went out and threw a party and was trying to announce himself as king and was putting his court together. But David was still on his deathbed and Solomon was supposed to be the next king. So he made a play and Solomon had to get Nathan and go to David and with Bathsheba and say, you know, hey, isn't Solomon supposed to be king? Why is your other son out here running around announcing himself as king? And so David made the decree that Solomon was going to be king. But Adonijah didn't stop there. Even after Solomon became king, Adonijah decided to make one more play for the crown. And he he asked David if he could have he asked not David, he asked Solomon, excuse me, if he could have one of David's concubines as his wife after he died. And a little bit about that kind of history. That is the ultimate disrespect during that time when kings took over another land. They took the king that they beats concubines and wives and they took them for themselves. They snatched their women. And that was a sign of disrespect to show that I'm the king and I'm the, really the one that's in charge. And Solomon saw through that. He saw that Adonijah had made this a second play for the kingdom. And so he had to deal with them and Adonijah ended up dying. But there was a priest that helped Adonijah the first time he made his first play on the kingdom named Abathar. And Abathar was a, a, a priest that helped, but he had also helped David back in his time. And, and so Solomon killed Adonijah, but because David asked him on his deathbed to remember Abathar, he did not. He just banished him to another place away from the he had a bad he banished him and he made his name bad and the place that he ended up banishing him to was the same place that jeremiah came out of so jeremiah was living and it was from a bad city a place that he wasn't supposed to be from he didn't have the right credentials that people thought he should have but if they'll talk about where jeremiah was from they, they they also talked about where jesus was from They said in John 146, Nathaniel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? They were starting with bad credentials. They were starting, they were from the wrong place. But when God has a plan for you, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have or the lack thereof. When God has a mission for you, it's not going to fail. If God be for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter how much money you have or you don't have. It doesn't matter where you live or where you don't live. If God has something in store for you, it's going to be for you and it will succeed. You can't go up against God. Or let me put it in layman's terms. Your arms are too short to box with God. Amen. Jeremiah has some reservations at this time about going to work for God. And he said, you know, that he was a boy. But God told him He was going to give him everything he need, and He put His word in him. And I spent some time reading over this scripture. I was like, Okay, okay, what, what? Okay, what did He give him? Well, maybe there should be something else that He gave him. Maybe there should be, you know, some sort of blessing, some sort of power, some sort of ability to work some signs and wonders. You know, Moses had the staff that he could lay on the ground and become the snakes. And so I was looking for the signs and wonders, but then I realized. God gave him his word, and that was all he needed. And that's all we need is the word of God. I'm reminded of a pretty popular cheat code um, for Konami. Whenever you played any video game made by Konami, when you got to the start screen, you could hit up, up, down, down left, right, left, right, B, A, start. If you were playing two players, B, A, select, start. <laughs> and so the two player, and what this code did is it would, if you were playing a Konami game, it gave you extra lives, it made your man stronger. In every game, it had some sort of benefit that made it that way. So when God gave Jeremiah his word, He gave him the best cheat code he could ever have. But then again, I had to think about it because when a programmer is doing whatever they want to a game they created, it's not cheating. It's theirs. So God is not cheating when he gives us this power. God created this world. And when God steps in to handle a situation, it's just God. It's not cheating. It's just God being God. It's power, powerful than any other thing that you can do. That's why the word says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with your righteous hand, with my righteous hand. And then it says in John 16, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And Psalms 55 22 says, Cast your cares on God, and he will sustain you, and he will never let the righteous fall. Yeah. And it says in Isaiah 26, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Perfect peace. And him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, No temptation has overcome that is common to man. God is faithful and he would not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but the temptation will also provide you for a way of escape. Yes. yes. yes and then in Romans, it says yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors yes, yes. through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. When we have the word of God, we can do whatever we need to do. And Because you know somebody, you have something to expect. You have something to look forward to. I love roller coasters. I like traveling at high speeds. I like traveling at high heights. I enjoy roller coasters. I like going to amusement parks. Why? Because that's where the roller coasters are at. But growing up in Indianapolis, it was not like growing up in Houston was back in the day. There was no astral world in the middle of the city that I could go to if ever I wanted to go. If we wanted to ride some rides, We had to travel. We had to travel to Mason, Ohio. The closest amusement park worth anything was in Mason, Ohio. Yeah, there was one. It was called Kings Island in Mason, Ohio. But there was one in Indiana called Indiana Beach. But, I mean, I'm not going to waste my time with that. I can walk faster than the roller coasters they had in Indiana Beach. I could walk faster than that. So I want to go fast. So I would have to go to Kings Island in Mason, Ohio, 125.9 miles away from Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a two-hour drive, one way. And if I didn't want to go to Mason, Ohio, I could go to Chicago, Illinois, and go to Six Flags Great America, 226 miles away from Indianapolis, Indiana, and a three- to four-hour drive. And then if you had to go through O'Hare Airport that it take even longer, you had to wait. And I'm not the type of person that really likes to wait. I mean, the Lord is working on me with my patience, but I'm when I say I'm going to McDonald's, I already know what I want when I said I'm going to McDonald's. I don't like to wait for food. I don't like to wait for much when I I want it. I want it now. I want it yesterday. Lord still working on me. Don't judge. But, um. I would have to wait in a car two to three hours to go to this amusement park and it was not really a present trip going because number one, you got to sit in the car and normally when we went to Kings Island or Great America, we were going with my father and my stepmom and my stepbrother and usually... His uh my stepbrother's cousin Carmen would come. And so then was there, and there's usually a couple other friends, and then my stepmother's mother, we called her Granny. Granny would come so Tom. So you sitting in a hot packed car in the middle of the summer, or when we had the station wagon, you sitting in the back, the back bed portion of the station wagon for two to three hours waiting. Not a very good experience. You're hot, you're hungry, you're waiting, but the trip was enjoyable. It was, in, it was bearable because I had an expectation that when we arrived at our destination, I was gonna to get to ride some roller coasters. <laughs> that made the present, the, 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 the hope for the future made my present situation not seem so bad. The fact that I had something to expect. I didn't have to. The trip was not as bad as it was uh, perceived to be. For it says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a hope and a future, a future and a hope. Singer song writer Lamar Campbell said a little different in the song. I live to worship you. I'm not forgotten. You know, the plans you have for me to give me hope plans for my future. You are my destiny. And so because I can think of this destiny, this hope and this future, my present situations aren't as bad. I understand that weeping may endure for a night, but I also understand that joy comes for in the morning. I understand that there's every, for every temptation, there is a way of escape. I understand that I have a future and a hope and I know somebody that I can look forward to. We can press towards the mark of the high calling. Amen. We can hold our heads up high when we think about the goodness of Jesus. It may not seem good now, but it will get better. We may have cried our way to sleep all night, but we know that there is a hope and a future, Amen. and it's been there since before we were born. Yeah. Yeah. We can have joy in our hearts. We can have clapping in our hands. We can have a little pep in our step. Cried all the but We look to the hills from which cometh our strength. Because we know somebody, we know somebody who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We know somebody who is the perfecting faith. We know somebody who is the image of the invisible God. We know somebody who's the root and the offspring of David. We know somebody who was born of a virgin. We know somebody who was crucified and died for our sins. We know somebody who got up on the third day with all power in his hands. And we know somebody who can do anything for us. And there are no six degrees of separation between us and the one that we know. We have a direct line to this one. The direct line the balm and Gilead the the Rose of Sharon the the wheel in the middle of a wheel the the heart fixer the the mind regulator the doctor in the 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 doctor in the sick room and the lawyer in the courtroom we know somebody and if you want to get to know somebody you can get to know him right now Amen. the doors of the church are open. Amen.